Hello, 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 I'm Matt Williamson, this is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Here it is Thursday, almost noon here Eastern, heading off to my in-laws Christmas for the day, so knocking this out, and going to take your questions as we often do on Thursdays, it is Twitter Thursday, and we are brought to you by my bookie, I will tell you about them soon, we got one more week of the regular season, tomorrow um, I will go to my bookie, pick every game Although, sometime between now and then, i got to figure out what teams are playing starters and who aren't. I, I'm not on top of that right now. i got to find a good spot to figure out and really sit down and figure out who's going to be playing and who isn't for us to uh, make some bets on my bookie. Because, it, before we get further, I think Week 17, especially if it's your favorite team, you may, I think you can make money on. Like, you're really paying attention to them and thinking... They're not going to play hard this week. Or the team they're playing is and has nothing to play for. This is a team like the Niners that's rolling at the end of the season. I think there's money to be made in the betting world week 17 if you pick your spots and really know the teams that you're thinking about. But we'll get into that more tomorrow. Uh, I will tell you more about my bookie in a moment. Um, Brian Smith asks, here we are at the end of the season. Are any playoff teams playing well? I see a lot of weaknesses. Maybe I'm too pessimistic. You are too pessimistic. But I think your point is valid in that there's not a team that all of us are going, man, they're the best one out there. You know, that they, there's nothing wrong with them. I think maybe we would be saying that about the Eagles if Wentz were healthy. Just because it's a hard team to come up with weaknesses you look at the Patriots, their front seven really doesn't do much for me. And frankly, Brady's been playing a little below his standard of late, but not that that concerns me. You look at the Steelers, their defense, especially their run defense, really worries me. Their linebackers since Shazier's been out are very problematic. The rest of the AFC, it's not hard to find holes in those teams. Minnesota is probably the team that has the least concerned about, but Case Keenum, I mean... Is he going to outduel Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, somebody like that, two weeks in a row? I think playing at home would be huge for them. I hear you. I mean, I don't know that that's a reason to be pessimistic, though. I mean, to me, from a fan perspective, that makes me optimistic. Is I don't think we're going to see many playoff games that are 30-7, to 7, you know, especially on the NFC side. I mean, the NFC side, I think, is a, a blast right now, that every game could go either way. I don't think there'll be huge spreads on my bookie on the NFC side, no matter what happens. Um, Kansas City's playing better. I mean, I think that they've kind of been forgotten. You know, that early in the season, they were the front runner. And I think they're getting back to playing pretty quality football. Um, I mentioned my bookie. Let's tell you about them now. Like I said, we will go there tomorrow. I will go there tomorrow, pick all the Week 17 games. But bowl season is here, and it's time to get on the action with my bookie. You go to mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Sign up at mybookie.ag today and get paid fast for when you win. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs, and you can even deposit using Bitcoin. Cool. I don't know much about Bitcoin, but cool. Um, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. If you want to make money betting the bowl games, you've got to go to mybookie.ag. That's the only site I would recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Go check them out yourself. 
They have odds on every matchup as well as in-game live betting all this season, NFL and bowl games. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit with a 50% bonus. Use the promo code locked on to activate offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're going to bet, it's the only place to do it is at MyBookie. And like I said, we will hit MyBookie tomorrow and talk about all the upcoming action. All right, let's get back into the Twitter questions. Sean Murray, I guess this isn't a question. Des Bryant, one of the most overrated wide receivers of this generation. A diva like T.O., but nowhere near as productive or consistent. I think T.O. is one of the best five receivers I've ever lived. And basically, he's like the second most productive receiver that ever lived. So, maybe you're comparing him to somebody that's out of everybody's range. But I see the comparison. Both had a stint with the Cowboys. Dez has only been a Cowboy. Big-bodied, stylistically the same. Um, T.O.'s better. I mean, he's just much better. I mean... Dez, to me, never had the deep ball, the speed, the big plays that T.O. had. I'm not defending Dez. I'm not saying he's also, nor am I saying he's the most overrated wide receiver of this generation. Like, I don't think he's going to the Hall of Fame, but he's had a pretty quality career. I think he's not what he used to be, if we analyze him right now. That he does, he's never been a great separator. He's never been a great speed guy. He's been a physical, after-the-catch, contested-catch player. And I think he's lost a step. And I do think that the biggest thing the Cowboys need to do this offseason is find new weapons at tight end and wide receiver. I don't know if that means moving on from Dez or not. Well, that'll be more of an offseason conversation. We'll talk salary cap, you know, cuts and things like that. But one thing I do want to note about Dez, and again, I'm not defending him, but that offense isn't based around a number one receiver. They don't scheme well. I have some questions about that passing game in general schematically that I don't love. Um, but they don't scheme well to get a their top guy open, you know, to get him on favorable matchups. Um, it's not a real complex passing game. And that doesn't help them. You know, they, if he were with the Rams or the Redskins or the Saints or the Niners or a team that was better schematically, I think his numbers would be a lot better. So, I don't know. The Artist Chief asks, how do you think Pat Mahomes will perform his first regular season start? I don't really have a prediction for that, but here's what I do know, that he was my favorite prospect in this draft, quarterback. I, I liked him better than Watson Trubisky. Um... There's a lot of variance with them, though. I mean, I, I think you guys know me well enough that whenever I analyze quarterbacks, I'm going to lean towards the guy that could be the Hall of Famer and take this, you know, the franchise over. And I think he has those type of abilities. He's going to be... I, 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 he's the player I want to watch more than anything this weekend. I'm so excited to see him in, in regular action. He's an extreme thrower of the football. And by that, I mean unbelievable arm strength, throwing from all angles, almost in a Stafford-like manner, but with great touch. I mean, he throws the ball unbelievably well, and he's a really good athlete. I've been told he's a really smart, hardworking guy. We'll see what he's learned. Can he take it from the board to the field this year? And if he looks terrible in Week 17, I'm not going to 
dim it. You know, I'm not thinking his stock one bit. I would bet he's very erratic. I'm sure that he'll be times he looks overwhelmed. But it wouldn't shock me if he put he throws a beautiful ball to Tyreek Hill 70 yards downfield, dropping it in a bucket, and everyone goes, whoa. Or throws a bullet to Kelsey over the middle in stride that he takes 40 for the touchdown. You know what I mean? Um, so, there you go. Charles asks, what's your over-under on head coach firings this year? Let's do it this way, Charles. I'm going to buzz through the league and say yes, no, maybe. And you can take it from there. Go division by division. New England, no. Jets, no. Bills, no. Miami, no. So, none in the East. Steelers, no. Browns, I think is 50-50. If it was up to me, I would say yes. New coach. That's one. Cincy, yes. Baltimore, no. So through two divisions, we have two so far. I think O'Brien should be safe in Houston, but you're hearing rumblings that he isn't, and him and the GM don't get along super great. Dude, look how many quarterbacks he started over the last three or four years. It's like four or five a year, and he consistently has gotten them to the playoffs. I mean, I think firing him would be a big mistake, and if I were the Bengals or the Browns, and I fired my guy, and O'Brien became available, I'd be on the phone with him quickly. I think Chuck Pagano gets let go in Indianapolis. I'm not saying I agree with it, uh, but I do think that's a foregone conclusion. So, Tennessee, I think, should be fired, and I think it's probably leaning that way if they don't get in the playoffs. Jacksonville's safe. So, that's like five so far through three divisions. I think Denver's out. That's six. I think Oakland's safe because they just invested in him, but I might lean the other way. San Diego's safe. Kansas City's safe. So what's that, seven in the AFC? Philly is safe. I think Washington's safe. Maybe I'm crazy on that one. Giants obviously are not. Um, I don't think Dallas deserves to be. They're another one, like Tennessee, Dallas, a couple of these teams, Oakland, that presumably are good teams. I think their coaching staff holds them back a little bit. That's two then in the East. I don't, I'm not sure that they're all going to happen. In the North, I think the Bears are going to be open. I think the Lions are 50-50, but I lean towards no. Packers are safe. Vikes are safe. Bucks are out. I think that's safe to say. I think Carolina's safe. Atlanta's safe. New Orleans is safe. The West, Seattle is safe. Looks like there will be a change in Arizona. And Rams and Niners are safe. So I lost count. Um, my hunch is somewhere between 8 and 12. Whew. I mean, that's... <laughs> uh, that's a lot. That's an awful lot. Uh, Earl Sullivan asks, what are you doing with A-Rob? I assume you mean from a Jags perspective. We had a good talk about this yesterday with Mike Renner. I urge you to check it out because he brought up the point, and I compared it to Calvin Johnson leaving Detroit, that in a way Bortles became a more complete quarterback without Robinson to lean on. Not just chucking it up for grabs in A-Rob's direction and see what happens. Oftentimes, that ended up being bad. 
Um, that being said, I was told by somebody I kind of trusted before his injury, before the season, that they planned on franchising him this year. I think that's still the right move. If he would hit the open market, imagine what San Fran or Chicago would pay for him. I think he would be a really hot commodity. And I think people are quick to forget what a difference maker he could be. So I think the Jags have some nice young dudes. Um, I'd like to see A-Rob opposite Westbrook mix in some of these other dudes and draft a tight end high or sign a tight end. I think tight end's a big need there. be a pretty good, pretty potent receiving core. All right, Kevin asks, why are, this, why are the Steelers organization and local media doing everything in its power to discredit James Harrison? All right, we'll go down that road. I don't like this, this podcast to be too Steelers-centric, but I'm going to spend a few minutes telling you what I know. And I think the majority of this is from very good sources and very true. That I've, I was critical of the Steelers early in the season. Let's start from basically day one, saying, why is this dude inactive? He rushes the passer well. He holds the point well. He's lost a lot of speed. He's a real problem in coverage. A real problem in coverage. Can't play in space anymore. But, tough, you know, leverage. Um, and I still didn't get a great answer on that. You kept hearing they're saving him, they're saving him. And not so long after that, midway through the season or so, he basically told a friend of mine and people I know, I would not have come back here, I would not have signed this deal if I was going to be used so sparingly. But in the meantime, T.J. Watts, the other right outside linebacker, has played very well. Been a pleasant surprise. Even the biggest Watts supporters, I'm sure, did not expect him to be an opening day starter and an impact player when they drafted him. So he's exceeded expectations. Also, that right outside linebacker position, maybe because Watts good at it, but dropped into coverage pretty much more than any edge player in the league this year. That's not what you want Harrison doing. You would ask that player to do different things, obviously, if Harrison was in the game, rather than Watt. I still thought he deserved to be active and get a handful of snaps situationally, but what also hurt James compared to, like, Chicolo and Moats is he doesn't help at all on special teams. Okay, so I've been told that many thought Harrison was going to get a lot of snaps against the Patriots. And when he didn't, he really said the the hell with this. You know, I am done. And he's not the most nicest, gentlest, cuddliest guy, believe it or not. Um, and then here's kind of how it went down from my best understanding. Was he was released and everyone kind of raised an eyebrow and made the organization the bad guy. How don't you have a big fanfare when you're, you know, an all-time great is leaving the organization. You just flat out cut him and not even a huge press conference or, you know, giving them big hugs and cries goodbye and all those things. And I think this, and don't call me a Steelers apologist because I do think this is the truth, is I think the Steelers tried to help James's reputation the best they possibly could over these last couple months and not making a fuss out of it and not saying, we're cutting him because it's a, a addition by subtraction. You know, that they they want him out of the building. And this, this question says, 
the organization has not bashed Harrison at all. Tomlin, Colbert, the Roonies. None of those guys have said anything poorly on James's behalf. But after signing with the Patriots, quite a few of his former teammates came out yesterday saying things like, you know, like they, they interviewed Chicolo asking how much help was he, and he really just didn't say anything. You know, all the nature of all the conversations, no one was like, oh man, he left. And then Bud Dupree on a radio show, a long one, basically said things like, Harrison refused to go see Ryan Shazier in the hospital. He has a lazy boy in the outside me- outside linebacker meeting room where he would take naps and snore loudly during the meetings. Was no help at all to the young players. Didn't want to be there and made it publicly known. Uh, they A couple guys were asked, well, what kind of secrets is Harrison going to leak to the Patriots? And a couple guys said, well... I don't know that he knows any of the secrets anymore because he's never here and he's never in meetings. You got to get that guy out of the building. I mean, it, it seemed to me that he was trying hard to leave and didn't care about his reputation here. I mean, this, I think he's the bad guy here. You know, that, yeah, maybe they strung him along and he and the guy just wants to play. I get that. You know, give it one last hurrah. And I don't fault him at all for going to the Patriots. That's a great move from him. But I don't think the Steelers... I think the Steelers did their best to try to keep his reputation sound and have him be remembered as a great Steeler and not have his reputation tarnished here. But then more just came out saying this guy is not helping at all, that he needs to go. So that's what I got there. All right, Lee Wisniewski asked, Intro music for the show, why don't you have any? Uh, what would you have given the choice, either style or a specific song? Um, the original reason why I didn't have any is because I'm a dumbhead and I don't know how to do it. However, my 11-year-old is all over GarageBand, and I'm sure he could teach me in a heartbeat how to make that happen. And I considered it, but I've also gotten a lot of compliments, and if you go to the, our iTunes page, a lot of the responses love that there is no flash it's just me and you sitting at my bar here chatting so i kind of think that inadvertently kind of became our thing and i do urge you please do go to itunes and leave me a review it is helpful very much so um and when i was originally going to do it i was going to have either the beginning of for those about the rock from acdc or the beginning to paradise city which if i owned an nfl team that's what my team would come out to so there you have it uh, that's basically why I didn't. But if you can give me some feedback of, should I have intro music? Eh, all right. Dan Morgan, does Gurley have a legit shot at the MVP? Who do you think should win and who will win? I think it's a two-horse race now between Brady and Gurley. Um, I, as I mentioned, sort of under my breath, I thought that, I think Brady's fallen off lately. But to argue that anyone besides a quarterback should win the win the MVP is an uphill climb. I mean, I get that. I don't know that it should be. I think it's a little bit unfair. And by the nature of the business, you know, that Goff might be a more of an MVP than Gurley. Because what if he was out and I could find another running back and all those things. So I don't really like how the award's structured. I would still give it to Gurley. I think he's had the best season of any offensive player in the league. And to me, that's the MVP. I know there's also a 
Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, who, coincidentally, I think should go to Aaron Donald, his teammate, the Defensive Player of the Year. So maybe the maybe the awards are set up properly, and I just don't quite understand it. That you give the MVP to Brady or the most valuable quarterback, basically. Gurley wins Offensive Player of the Year because maybe he's not quote as valuable, and Donald wins Defensive Player of the Year, which I don't think he will. By the way, I know it's not what you asked me, but um, uh, that to me is the most easy decision. To be honest with you, uh, last one we got here. King Bearhawk, who are you rooting to get the two AFC wild cards? I personally want the Ravens and Chargers to make it. I think the Titans are fourth in that conversation. Um, you only mentioned three teams, so maybe they're third. But either way, I'm with you. Uh, as a rooting interest and want to see the best games possible. I want the Chargers and Ravens in the postseason. I assume he's talking about the Bills as well. I th- I think the Bills and Titans would be the definition, like I talked about earlier, of thirty to seven losses in round one. You know, if they walked into Jacksonville or Kansas City, I think they would be in for very very long days. And I can promise you, I would be picking the home team and probably giving the spread on my bookie almost no matter what it is. But the Ravens and the Chargers, I think, are capable of beating anyone. One note about the Ravens, though, because I went back and kind of peeked at it, and I do think their defense is really, really good, but I don't know that a team in the league, and the Steelers are close to this, have faced an easier slate of quarterbacks slash offenses than the Ravens did this year. It's unbelievable. But... um, I do think that they're well-coached. They're built for this time of year. The offense is coming around. Flacco's playing much better. I think the Ravens could give the Patriots or Steelers, the Chiefs, Jacksonville, a real tough game. And if they got a bounce or two, maybe they even get a victory. San Diego as well. I mean, Rivers is formidable. Been there. They can run the ball. They have weapons. They rush the passer. They have a number one corner. Um, So I think that's definitely the answers, and that's definitely what I'm rooting for. Um, from a hometown Steeler perspective, you don't want either one of those guys to get in. But that's not how I look at things. Um, uh, I think that that's, that makes for the best tourney. All right, off to in-law Christmas. Um, hope everyone has a wonderful day. Go to my bookie as I will tomorrow, and we will pick all the Week 17 games.